Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Well, hello and welcome into the Financial Flight Plan podcast. I'm Ben George alongside Bree Reyes, investor coach and certified financial planner over at Estes Financial Services. You'll find her online at estesfinancial.net. Bree, welcome in. What's going on? Oh, life is busy. So we um, we had a t- we had a visit last week from a very important uh, mythical creature at my house. Hmm. Who's that? The Tooth Fairy. Ah, first visit. First visit. First lost tooth. We've got a second one coming soon. Um, and so the Tooth Fairy left Nate uh, a Sacagawea coin because Nate's very into coins and money. No idea where he got that from. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So he's he's growing up, and it's it's causing a little bit of uh, whew, anxiety. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. How did uh, how did he handle it? How or how did I guess how did he lose it? He lost it on the playground at school. It's been loose for a while, okay. and our his his dentist. We have a kid's dentist has always told us that his teeth were advanced. Mm-hmm. But not like in a good way. Like you're going to need braces and the kid's going to lose his teeth and get his teeth earlier than most kids. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Thanks. That's super exciting. (laughs) That at least lets me put money aside for those wonderful braces. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's where we are. That's what's going on in our house. Lots and lots and lots of fun. Did you look to see what the going rate is for the Tooth Fairy right now or did uh, I? I did not. I'm curious. I, I started to. I will... I started to look all that up and my husband's like, no, 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 I got this handled. So I was like, oh, oh, okay. You've put thought into this. So I just sat back down. Take it. Yeah. Yeah. Inflation hits us all. So I'm curious how it, how it affects the tooth fairy as well. But I remember getting a quarter or 50 cents, maybe even a dollar. And that was great. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I have that a feeling kind of- inflation and the tooth fairy are going to be kind of crazy. Yeah, there's no question. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's give you a little insight on what we're talking about today. And that's uh, spotting red flags when you're picking out an advisor. And I think people maybe hesitate to work with an advisor because they're just worried about, I don't know who to look for. I don't know you know, wh- exactly who's a good advisor, who's not a good advisor. I'm just not very familiar with this whole process. So we want to kind of help you identify some signs, right? To be on the lookout for when you're looking for an advisor that you want to help work with to get you to retirement. So we're going to talk about some of those red flags, teach you how to spot them as well, and illustrate the differences too. I think this is important between advisors to do the really the bare minimum versus someone who goes above and beyond to take care of your best interests as well. So it's a great topic and one I think hopefully when you get done with today, you'll have a better understanding of, of who you should be working with, maybe what you should be looking out for along the way. So First thing, I got five uh, things we want to go through here, Bree. Uh, let's start with this one. An advisor that that works with people of all ages and all levels of wealth. Yes, this is a, a this is a tricky one. Now, there's a lot. Dad and I both have specific designations, and some sometimes we have the same ones, and sometimes we have different ones. But um, I know our firm. I know Estes isn't a right fit for everyone, and I know there are people out there that are not a right fit for Estes. I would rather be upfront about that with with our clients and with potential prospects than um, trying to be jack of all trades, master of none to individual people. 
I've worked at firms in the past because I wasn't, there's no nepotism in this company, even though my um, main name's on the door. Uh, I started my career at a, at Raymond James and Associates. And when I was there, my training manager told me a prospect for me was anyone who could fog a mirror. That was their, that was their philosophy. And when I learned doing that and, and seeing and being trained in that environment and seeing it and living it for, for four years or so firsthand is that it, uh, you can't do that. If you were trying to be everything to everyone, you, everybody's suffering. So here at Estes, we're a little specialized. Like I, we work with a lot of federal employees. We a lot work with a lot of business owners, people in the airline industry. So we are a little specialized in what we do. Now, is that to say we don't take on anyone who doesn't fit those categories or is not going through a divorce? Of course not. Uh, or a transition? Of course not. We, we have kids that are younger than some of our clients because they're our clients' kids. We have friends and family that, yes, we, we have people that, but to us, I don't believe in account minimums necessarily anymore. I believe in, do I like you? <laughs> Niceness hmm. minimums, maybe. Right. Um, because our, our clients here at Estes are more than clients. They're more than account numbers. I mean, we, we have parties in our own homes. We have uh, an ice cream social coming up later on this week where we're going to have our clients together with, with my son, with Nate. And if I don't like you well enough to have you around Nate, you don't need to be a client of our firm, period, yeah. hands down, because it's a relationship where it, we're both going to end up being miserable. And that's not fun. And life's too short. You explained it well. Cause when I first you know, heard that red flag, you think, well, somebody that's willing to work with anybody and help anybody out seems like a good thing. But when you, when you spell it out like that of why, you know, you're not, you shouldn't be a good fit for everyone. Right. And vice versa. So it makes sense why someone that tells you, Hey, I can work with anybody might be a bit of a red flag to kind of pay attention to. Exactly. And, and then, like I said, it's not to say we don't have people that we don't have clients that aren't younger or maybe, you know, maybe not have the wealth that some of our other clients have. No, we've got that. But we also have a disciplined approach and a strategy. And if they don't, if clients or prospects don't fit that disciplined approach and strategy, they're not a right fit for us. Okay. That's a good one to start out with. All right. Uh, second red flag to pay attention to an advisor who tells you only good news about your financial situation all the time. <laughs> wow. Hmm. So, um, if you have an advisor that is only always telling you good news all the time, they are living in la la land. I mean, <laughs> I don't care how much money you have. I don't care if you're Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, there are things to be concerned about when it comes to your wealth. I don't care how high the markets are. I mean, we're talking right now and it's, we've had a pretty volatile market situation this year, 2022 so far, but there's not always good news. And sometimes I am the agent of reality for our clients. A lot of times I'm the agent of reality for our clients. They don't necessarily love it. Sometimes they love it and it's all good, but most, you know, it's not going to be good every time. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It can't be. I mean, it's it's not all inflation's <laughs> out there hitting everybody. Yeah. I don't care who you are. I think anybody right now listening to this in the middle of 2022 would say, uh, yeah, it's not all roses when it comes to, to money. It's, a, it's been a very difficult uh, last few months for sure for a lot of people. But that's why you have a plan. That's why you work with an advisor, a good advisor. 
Um, exactly. All right. <laughs> How about this one? I, I know when you go in and meet with uh, people for the first time, Bree, you know, you're getting to, to learn more about them and their situation um, in that initial meeting or anytime you, you first start meeting with an advisor and they use a lot of technical jargon uh, and throw around a lot of big words um, that you maybe don't understand when they're talking about your financial situation. That could be a red flag, right? Oh, that's a huge red flag. I understand all the financial jargon. I understand all the financial acronyms, but I try not to use them in meetings with my clients. Heck, I try not to use them, period. Uh, because in the old days, I mean, this is this is a while ago, but there used to be, you know, we you couldn't get before the internet, we couldn't get round the clock news or stock tickers. There were no financial television programs initially. You know, you had four channels or whatever. Um, and so you had to wait for the paper. And so the industry always put a premium on, look at my knowledge. I know all the acronyms and I know I know all the technical stuff and, and that type of thing. And and in today, and I think a lot of people were hired by unsuspecting members of the community because they spoke the language, not because they were good or ethical financial advisors, or even good people, but they spoke the language. That's kind of how you had to do it back then. And that's unfortunately how why I think my grandparents got, well, they got taken advantage of by a financial advisor. Um, grandpa was a house painter in Houston, Texas. I mean, he didn't have the book smarts. And so when a financial advisor came by that was using all the technical jargon and all saying all the right things that made him think, oh, I don't know anything about this, even though he was literally one of the street smartest people I've ever met in my life. He got, he got for lack of a better word, not conned, but um, that have, hearing all that jargon did kind of make him trust a little bit more. And mm-hmm. then three-fourths of their retirement was gone. So if you don't understand, if an advisor isn't explaining to you what you're doing in words that you understand when talking about your financial situation, run, run for the hills. Don't trust someone with your life savings when they can't explain to you what they're doing. It's almost like uh, advisors that use a really long financial plan, right? Just like page upon page upon page to make it look like you know, this has to be good. Look how long it is and how look how thought thick the out book it is. is. Yeah, oh, yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, right? Exactly. Exactly. All right. So that's another red flag to pay attention to. And again, ask questions if you have them when you're meeting with the financial advisor for the first time. Make sure you're comfortable with everything that you hear. All right. An advisor that has a high level of certainty about what's going to happen in the market, Bree, in the future. They, they tell you, hey, I feel really good about this X, Y, Z is going to happen. I feel very certain about that. There is no certainty in the market. We know that, right? We, we do. Um, we do know that there is no absolute certainty in the market. Uh, Bernie Madoff was great at this. All of his clients got consistent returns, <laughs> at least on their statements. <laughs> no, somebody who tells you they know exactly what's going on. Why, why are they talking to you? Right, right. <laughs> um, I, I tease my clients. I have a crystal ball in my office. I also have a DeLorean. Um, neither one of them will work. The DeLorean's a child's toy, and the crystal ball is nothing more than a piece of glass. Uh, you, you can't t- predictably time the markets. There is no guru that will tell you that they can, they can time the bottom and time the tops. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, not every time. 
And so anybody who has a high level of certainty that has an inside look or something like that, run, run for the hills. We have a lot of people in DFW that have gotten, unfortunately, taken advantage of by radio um, financial advisors offering massive, massive returns. And then I've had to tell prospects and, you know, they come in and they're like, my advisor's not not answering my calls. I don't know why I've got this, this and this. And you do a quick Google search and it's I've had to actually have this conversation. It's because your advisor's in jail. What? For for stealing from you, <laughs> like, or allegedly, yeah, like, allegedly right. stealing from you, um, and unfortunately, that's it hasn't just been one up here. So it's anybody who tells you or guarantees a high rate of return or has a high level of certainty, just just be cautious, please. Do a little more due diligence. Yeah, it's the question that no one that they can't ever answer. Is if you if you know the answer is why are you still doing this? Why aren't you just taking advantage of it and, and living your best life right now? That's that's the clearest uh, defense to why that's not the truth when you hear somebody that has confidence in where we are headed. So just to be be aware, take things with a grain of salt when you hear them. Exactly, uh, it's so important. Nothing right. wrong with that. Trust but verify. I, I always love that that saying. All right, got one more red flag for you to pay attention to, and I like this one a lot as well. An advisor that's going to spend more time talking to you rather than listening to you is a red flag. Yes, very much so. Um, everybody's financial situation is different. Everybody has a different risk tolerance. Everybody has different goals and dreams. I mean, even between a couple, I see this all the time when you sit down with a couple. And so it's important to have an advisor that that is listening to you, that you feel understands you, that you feel understands your goals and isn't just trying to mold you into the box they want to put you in. I've seen too many, well, heck, I've worked at, at places where they've had certain plans, certain goals, and we just have to shove this person in this, this plan, this goal whether or not it's right for them or fits their risk tolerance or that type of thing. And that to me isn't, isn't right. You need to make sure your advisor hears you, hears what you want, and then build something from your goals, your risk tolerance, and builds and customizes a plan for you. When you sit down with someone for the first time, Bree, that comes in and, and, and is looking for an advisor and wants to get to know more about you, what kind of questions are, are you asking and what kind of things are you all discussing in that initial meeting? We're, we're talking about, we've, we've got a long, we've got a list of questions and really it's not, I ask the question and then sit there, which mm -hmm. is weird for a lot of people because they, um, they're so used to being told, this is why we're the greatest and this is why you should work with us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I'm telling people, I don't know if we're a right fit for you. Tell me about your situation. Tell me about what's going on. What has been a good investment for you? What has been a bad investment for you? Have you gone back to your financial advisor with these concerns? So and that always gets people thinking and looking and kind of concerned because of the fact that we do things differently. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good sign if, you, if someone does things a little bit differently, but it's so important to be heard with what your needs are and what your goals are and making sure that advisor is working towards meeting those things. So these are just five red flags. I mean, there's others obviously that, uh, that you want to be aware of, but these are just some common ones that you, you might be able to kind of catch on to pretty quickly if you are meeting okay. with someone for the first time. 
and, and I'd always ask them their credentials. You know, okay. what, what is your credentials? Are you a sort of CFP? Are you a certified financial planner? Are you a, you know, how, how what's your background? How did you get into this business? And then go to brokercheck.org and put their name in the system. See how that many complaints they've had. See what their track record looks like. Have they jumped around from a lot of companies to a bunch of different companies? That's sometimes a red flag. Just kind of do a little due diligence, do a little research. It always blows my mind how few people are, I mean, more people are willing to give their life savings to someone they don't, they barely, barely know. Mm-hmm. That's a tr- That's a level of trust and respect that I think you have to earn. No question. And you know, the reason why also you're asking for those credentials is because not everybody that you work with is going to take a comprehensive approach, which one part of that is taxes. You know, tax planning is not something oh. that everybody's going to tackle, right? Oh no, not every not everybody's going to look at tax planning at all. But we know you do, and we know that anybody that listens to this show has the opportunity to take advantage of your ticking tax time bomb toolkit. Yes, yes, we've got a book, Seven Lessons to Save Your Retirement. We really kind of focus on making sure that we're taking taxes into account when we do retirement and financial planning, because quite frankly believe they're going to go up again. And there's not a lot of people in my, that don't. So we've got financial flight plan book, seven lessons to save your retirement. We've also got some special reports. These five risks could destroy your retirement and a tax special report, all different kinds of things that we will send out to you. It's basically a $97 um, investment, but in order to get it, shoot us an email at info I-N-F-O at estesfinancial.net, E-S-T-E-S-F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L.net, or call our office, 817-444-8402. Once again, 817-444-8402, and request the tax toolkit. It's complimentary, and this is our thanks to you for listening to the podcast. It's getting to know you time. All right, time now for a little getting to know Bree Reyes. Um, I know you work hard, Bree. You, you spend a lot of time in the office working with clients, and you got to find a little bit of time to relax. So when you get home after a hard day at work, what do you do to relax? Um, well, play with Nate. And then when Nate finally goes down and I can relax <laughs> by myself for a minute, um, I embroider. I actually oh. I love embroider, felt embroidery. Um, I got turned on to it 15 years ago. And so my favorite thing to do is to do some embroidery, to do some felts, to do a felt kit. And so that is often what you will find me doing after work. Do you see yourself doing a lot of that in retirement? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, I go through, my husband calls it Santa's workshop because like our, I, most of the kits I do, I do a lot of uh, Christmas kits or Christmas tree skirts or stockings and stuff yeah. like that. Right now I'm actually working on a tooth fairy pillow for Nader. Oh, love it. Um, I wanted to get it, get it done before he lost his first tooth. But as we talked about earlier, we haven't lost his first tooth out or he lost his first tooth last week. So he, we were, we were able to use it. It's far enough along. We're able to use it, mm-hmm. but not, um, not complete. And so I am entering it in the state fair though, this summer, hopefully. Ah. Look at you. Well, good luck with that. That's awesome. I never expect that. I know you're more of an outdoors person. You're always on the go. So the fact that you sit down and do that is, uh, I love that. 
You got many yeah, layers no, to yourself. I, I enjoy it's something that I've enjoyed for a long, long time. Um, and it's just it's kind of fun. And then it's always interesting to see how my, my family and see how much they appreciate my work. Yeah. And those are always cool to pass down too. like it's something you can kind of keep in the family as well. It has a little bit of sentimental value beyond this, the stuff that you buy from the store. So my mom does some of that as well. And it's always cool to have those things around the house. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's close out our podcast with a question that we got, um, this week from Ruth, who is in Arlington. Um, she says, there's no way I'm going to spend through my savings during my life. So I'll end up leaving a lot to my kids, but they'll probably be in their forties and fifties when that happens. I feel like they could use the money more now while they're in their 20s and 30s to help with things like student loan payoff and home purchases. So should I start giving money away to them now? Hmm. Well, this is a personal. Okay, so Ruth, let's not think all or none. <laughs> like here, here's all my money. <laughs> but maybe putting together a gifting strategy that we pay attention to taxes on where you're able to give a little bit here and there and everywhere and help them with things now might be a very good strategy for both you and your children. Um, but we have to pay attention to taxes. You have to pay attention to gift gift tax limits. You have to pay attention to what gifts you're giving and how you're giving them. Some investments, some assets are, are better passed as inheritances. Others are better passed now. So it, it's a kind of depends question, but I like the fact you're thinking about it. And then the other pro to this is you're going to be around to see your children use the money. So you get to, to see them appreciate it and, and, have, and have fun and be able to pay their stuff off now. Now, here's the other thing. Uh, if you've gifted it to them and you're giving money to them now, once you've given it to them, it's their money. So you might not like the way they want to spend it. Hmm. Um, and so it's kind of a double-edged sword, <laughs> but it's something to think about. And if you don't like the way they spend it the first time, you can always maybe not gift again if you don't want to. Uh, you have a little more control while you're living than when, when you're deceased. I will say that. Yeah. That's kind of what my mom and dad have always done. They've always said, hey, we'd rather help you out with things that you need now rather than, you know pass on money to you later on so that you can help you while we're, while we're alive and, and we can enjoy it as well. But again, there are some things to consider, like you've talked about with taxes and gifting and that sort of thing. So you definitely want to work with your advisor to, to get that right. But I, I, I always think it's a great idea to, to take that approach if, if it's something that makes you happy as well. So we thank you well, for that question. It doesn't have to be an all or none either. Yeah. Like that's, that's so many people think all or none. It, there can be a good plan in place. It's a great question, Ruth. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Thanks for that, Ruth. If you have questions for the show, you can always send them in to us, estesfinancial.net. You can also connect with Estes Financial on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever you want to do so. And if you want to call the office as well, that number is 817-444-8402. And again, take advantage of that ticking tax time bomb toolkit. Just shoot an email over to info at estesfinancial.net to take advantage of that. Bree, always good stuff as usual. Hope these red flags will help some people out. But again, if they want to talk to you, I encourage them to do so. And always, it's important to work with them. Very much so. And those of you who are listening, go out and lead an abundant life.